podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, my man? Yeah, three, three lovelies. It's uh, it has been a while since you've used three. I'll, I'll be honest with you, but well, I'm I'm in a loving mood. Exactly, and why is that? I'm getting married in like 15 days. 15. It's coming days. So, so soon. Yeah. So very soon. Wow, and I I promise, uh, while while I promise that I won't crash the wedding party, I can't promise that Kenny Darter won't crash. The I'm party. I'm fully prepared for for Kenny Darter to to crash the wedding reception. Right. Well, I fully mean, fully prepared for it yeah, to happen. I, I, you know, it would be him and Gronk dancing because that's pretty much the only thing that Gronk does in public is dance. Oh right, yeah, and and Darter, I mean, that that would be that would be quite quite the clip, the internet clip, to see them. I called I called something an internet clip. I don't think that's an actual. That's like something that like a fifty year old says. Yeah, well, no. I actually I think that my grandmother called me the other day and asked me if I could find an internet clip. So, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I'm, that that's what's happening in my in my life right now. So this is probably the last podcast until after my honeymoon, uh, and then in in July, the beginning of July, we'll start doing these weekly. How's that sound? I, I think it sounds great. It is. It is nice to sort of, you know, get into. I know June's. June's really not, nothing much is happening right now. But uh, you know, I've been doing some fantasy equity score work at at thefakefootball dot com. It feels it feels a little more like football ish season. You feel you feel alive. Feel a little. Yeah, I feel a little bit uh, more more purposeful. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm I'm only on my 37th MFL 10, so no big deal. Yeah, I mean, you you I think didn't you start MFL 10s a day after the Super Bowl? Yeah, around that time, and now I'm on 37, and it's depressing. Seven, it's not. You love it, God. I mean, I love it you, so much. Listen, you uh, get so when someone when someone tweets us together about an MFL 10, I don't even respond because I know that you will thoroughly cover whatever is it oh yeah oh i i i enjoy them a lot yeah. i i i i'm getting a little i actually am planning my sleep schedule around mfl 10s i'm making sure that i'm not like getting i'm making sure that i'm going to bed that basically i'm making sure that i don't get eight hours of sleep every night because i want to make sure that i get my draft picks in well, I have crippling insomnia, so thank you for that. <laughs> That's true. Yes, I'm sorry. That was not meant to be a dig. I promise. I plan. I plan my sleep schedule around getting uh, at least thirty minutes of sleep every night. So that's <laughs> right. that's really that's right. And I'm and I'm planning around MFL tens. I'm very sorry. No, it's a, it's okay. I, I I don't I don't hate you completely for it. Just a little bit. Uh, so tonight's podcast uh, is going to be. Uh, something that I'm going to definitely f- get heated about, for sure. I think okay. we both probably will. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell the people what this is about? Um. So tonight is about Andrew Luck, and tonight is about this newfound just love 
for drafting Andrew Luck early in fantasy drafts in the first round at times. Like there are people, I'm not, I'm not, look, when it comes to fantasy analysts or what like experts, whatever fantasy analysts, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I don't call anyone out. Like I'm not any more right or wrong than someone else per se. Right. So like there are fantasy analysts out there that are very okay with taking Andrew Luck in the first round of fantasy drafts this year. Um, and I'm not, you know, this is nothing personal to those people. I like those people. I just think that it's, it's not a smart idea for a lot of reasons and a lot of reasons that I've been researching for like four years now. And that's why I'm going to be passionate about it. Right. Sorry if you hear my kid in the background, but some things are, (laughs) some things, some things are happening. Some things are unavoidable, uh, when you live in a, uh, uh, a smallish house. Uh, anyway, uh, we had the, we had the Peyton podcast last year. And we that, had the well, we had the, the Graham podcast. Yeah, right. We had Graham and and and, and Peyton. So I mean, you know, every every year this happens. It 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 just depends on who. I mean, remember when Tom Brady went in the first round? Sure. Yeah. This this happens quite often. I mean, this is a this is a yearly thing. It's the you know I like we understand the allure, and I'll I'll, I'll talk about that first really quick. Is why is it that people are drafting Andrew Luck early? Like, what is what is the reason? And I think that. If you were to ask the people who are drafting Andrew Luck early, their immediate response would be safety, right? They want to have someone who they know what what kind of production they're getting out of. Because with running backs, you know, you don't know what can happen at the position, especially with injuries. With wide receivers, they can fall off the face of the earth due to quarterback play. Uh, With tight ends, obviously, you know, you you do have Gronk, but at the same time, tight end is just inherently you know the most sporadic the the highest variance position in fantasy football whereas quarterbacks you're drafting them for safety and my biggest annoyance with that logic is that safety has nothing to do with value right it's just a part of this value equation you know it's like it's like saying that sure it's safer to drive the speed limit but driving the speed limit is not necessarily the smart well i mean like it's logically smart but it's not like people are all just driving the speed limit when it's it's better to go a little bit above the speed limit because you know that you're not going to get caught by the cops if you're going five to ten miles per hour over on the highway or something and you're trying to get somewhere quicker if you're on if you're on an eight hour road trip and you're going the speed limit i'm going to probably punch you in the face yeah if i'm if i'm in if i'm in your car there's something wrong with you and then there's the um you know uh, as fantasy douche said the other day on twitter there's the jesus take the wheel approach which is just drafting geno smith (laughs) Right. And so that would be driving 114 miles an hour across country with cops tailing you. And that was quite the tie-in. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, and the and the gas tank on 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 empty. So. <laughs> right, right. The, the 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 Jesus take the wheel. I mean, honestly, we've we've taken the Jesus take the wheel approach because we draft <laughs> Alex Smith. So. Right. Yeah. Right. To, to be fair. So yeah. I mean, so so that's that's really the, the basis of this. Of this, other than the fact that sure, Andrew Luck has more personnel now. They added Frank Gore. I mean, they're they're going to be a prolific offense. I don't want to say historic because that's not very smart to to predict history. But I think you know, obviously, things set up very favorably for Andrew Luck, and we're not arguing that Andrew Luck is not going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy. We're arguing that quarterbacks in fantasy are just not very valuable. Right. If you want to talk about safety. Especially in a, especially in a ten or twelve team league, the real the real uh, safe move is just depending or knowing that there are going to be many many usable quarterbacks on the waiver mm-hmm. wire and on your roster. 
uh, throughout throughout the season. And you know, guys who not necessarily are going to finish the week as a top one or two or three guy, but will you know as we've shown can easily finish as a top six, seven, eight guy. And that's you know that's just looking at point replaceability. That's right. you know you're not you're not going to get Lux nuclear lines. Um, but, uh, you also didn't have to pay a first round pick for luck. So, you yeah, know, it, right. like we talk about every year. I mean, I know we sound like a broken record probably for, for loyal listeners, but <laughs> yeah, for listeners that have been around for a while, but at the same time, it's like, it, it's just so, it's, it's crazy to me that people think safety because they're only looking within the, the, the parameters of that individual player. They're not looking at what that does to their team, right? Because there's an opportunity cost involved, and we'll get to that in a second. But when you're drafting Andrew Luck, that means you're not getting one of those RB1s, let's say, if you get them in the first round, or you're not getting one of those stud wide receivers, which you can now get in the second round if, like, an A.J. Green falls or something. There's there's an effect that this has. It's actually less safe to get Andrew Luck because of what it does to the rest of your roster as opposed to just going running back heavy or wide, running back and wide receiver heavy at the beginning of your draft because of the supply and demand principles in fantasy football. Um, but to your point, Denny, there are so many wide, so many quarterbacks that are available late, right? And and we we showed last year, and you know we're gonna bring this up a lot probably because it's a case study, and it's it's, it's one of the few case studies of of this kind of approach where you know we're saying okay, you can stream quarterbacks, but it's easy to do that in hindsight, right? But last year we actually you know we did the Rob Silver show on the Fantasy Sports Network. We went on with Rob. We gave one quarterback recommendation every week that was owned in roughly 20% of fantasy leagues. And we streamed a quarterback that was just a little bit worse than Drew Brees. At one point, it was better than Drew Brees. And this this quarterback Frankenstein includes Johnny Manziel's horrific game against the Panthers or against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it was it was a quarterback streamer that was a little bit worse than Drew Brees, a little bit better than Matt Ryan. It was in that QB six, QB seven range. Um, and I, I think that that's really important to, to show people. Um, so can you just, for, for and this is going to sound like you said, like kind of like a broken record, but you know, for people who might not have, have listened to us in the past, can you just kind of talk through streaming, what you look for in a streaming quarterback and why it's important? Yeah. Well, uh, first, and I know JJ's far too modest for this, but I, if anybody knew uh, to the um, idea or, or concept of streaming quarterbacks, needs to read uh, both of JJ's books, uh, late round quarterback books. Um, uh, I think I really think that there's a lot of value in, in just in doing that in the off season, you know, uh, don't, don't wait till the regular season, what do in the off season and get a good base knowledge, uh, you know, uh, under your belt before you um, go into your drafts. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you can send royalties to my, uh, to my home address, um, to your Xavier account. Yeah. Your call, yeah. his college fund, that diaper, uh, diaper account, um, yeah. uh, which, uh, which he might be out diaper soon. So, Hey, maybe I can, nice. I nice. Guess, uh, Under underwear account. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> underwear, because there will be some accidents from what yes, I understand. Absolutely. Um, yeah. so, as, so streaming. So, so what, what do you, what do you, sorry, what do you, what do you look for when you're streaming quarterbacks? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I did a piece on four for four dot com earlier this off season about uh, about efficiency versus volume and uh, in in streaming quarterbacks and while uh, volume has its place uh, efficiency um, including how many points um, the you know a, an opposing secondary is giving up per drop back say um, uh, to quarterbacks 
and how many points a, a, a quarterback is scoring per opportunity uh, is, is more important uh, long-term, big picture-wise, than opportunity. So it, it's, it's very tempting to, to say, hey, you know what? Uh, quarterback X is going to get, uh, is definitely going to have to throw the ball 50 times against this far superior team that's going to blow, blow out his team, right? Mm-hmm. But then we get uh, performances like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick against uh, Denver, or um, uh, there was a uh, there was a Mike Glennon debacle I think two years ago with uh, with where we were looking at volume as the main factor. So mm-hmm. efficient, efficiency should always stand out, um, uh, and uh, and of course uh, you know pace uh, pace of the game. Uh, you don't you don't want uh, a quarterback facing a team that sort of sits on the ball and controls the ball via the ground. Um, mm-hmm. Am I missing anything here? No, I mean, that makes sense. I think to the, the pace of the game thing, I mean, last season, for instance, we, we nailed the Zach Mettenberger game against the Eagles because of that. I mean, I'm not trying to pat us on the back, but we did. Uh, and he, <laughs> he had a huge monster game because you're seeing more volume when you're facing, say the Eagles than what you are, say, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like the Cowboys, it, the Cowboys. Cowboys is a perfect example. They'll, they'll just control the clock. The offense will never have the ball. Uh, you know, there's there's reason to target a team like the Eagles, even though the Eagles' defense isn't necessarily terrible from a personnel standpoint. From a volume standpoint, that's really what matters in fantasy football. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 those things that you mentioned. It's the basic, you know, looking at how many fantasy points against a team has and so on. And I think to your point too, Denny. You know, I think a lot of people look at only the the downside of streaming uh, and they assume that their quarterbacks, especially mid-round quarterbacks, right? Like, especially a guy like Matt Ryan, they think that Matt Ryan is just going to have this steady season of, you know, 15 fantasy points at least every week. But but there's there's a ton of, of risk mm-hmm. throwing Matt Ryan, someone like Matt Ryan out there every single week. He's not he's not an elite quarterback. He's not even elite quarterbacks aren't giving you top 12 performances week in and week out. That's just not how it works in fantasy football. Um, and we saw that especially in the fantasy playoffs last year when at, at least one week during the fantasy playoffs every single elite quarterback had a single digit performance. Um, so I think, you know, to your point, it's like we can look at you know the fact that sure, you know, you might throw Ryan Fitzpatrick out there uh, and, and make the mistake of streaming him against Denver, um, which I'm sure, you know, we probably used him in, in a league or, or, or two that week whenever he underperformed. But at the same time, it's not as though a guy like Matt Ryan is flawless. Right. Well, I mean, we also used Fitzpatrick against uh, Tennessee with which. Uh, right, exactly. Right. Where, where he was crazy efficient. I mean, he didn't even throw that many passes. I, right. right. I, I think I think at one point. I, like going into the fourth quarter, he had attempted like 15 passes and had 20 fantasy points. So, um, uh, you know, uh, that, that was Tennessee was an efficiency play last year. Uh, right. But, and, and to be, to be clear, we didn't, we, we did mention him on the podcast that week, but we didn't use him as our streamer that week. Right. Just, just so that people don't think that our numbers are like seriously skewed because of that. week. Yeah. And our, our, uh, yeah. Uh, our DMS were, uh, were, uh, slightly angry. Oh, as well. yeah, right. Yes, yes. I can't remember who we did. I don't remember what week that was. It probably was like a Josh McCown week because that's yeah, when we were. Yeah, I think it was, it was him, maybe him against Washington. I forget. Yeah, but, yeah. When, yeah. Uh, so it was okay, but but yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I, there, there's there's definitely no perfect science, and and I, every off season, I think that I'm going to be able to find something, 
you know, that says that just screams, okay, this is what you look for in streaming quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, like anything else in fantasy, it's just, it's just not that easy. The, the fortunate thing is in a 10 or 12 team league, you have so many options, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you can, and, and you, yeah, you can look right. at your waiver wire and, and sometimes find three or four guys who could really legitimately be top 10 plays. Exactly. And that, that plays into the, the supply and demand uh, piece of this where the demand, you know, you're only needing one quarterback in your, in your, on your lineup each week, whereas the supply of quarterbacks is crazy. It is insane in today's NFL. You know, everyone makes a big deal out of it's a passing league and so on, but what that does is that makes the pool of available quarterbacks even greater. You know every week that a quarterback that you stream is more than likely going to throw at least 30 passes. Which is just, it's, it's crazy. Last season, 41 different quarter, 41, 41 different quarterbacks had at least one top 12 week. And while that number, so, you know, I'll, I'll get into the predictability aspect of things now. So while that number of, of top 12 weeks, you know, you have 41, there are some quarterbacks that you just can't predict that are going to end up as a top 12 quarterback in that given week. And there are tons of running backs and tons of wide receivers that are also going to, to end up as top 24 usable players at their positions. The difference here is predictability. Quarterbacks are the most predictable position in fantasy football, aside from maybe defenses. But of the four main positions, it's quarterback, and then it's running back, and then it's wide receiver, and then it's tight end. And this is, I have an article from, from the old days at LateRoundQB.com back in the day uh, of, of a coefficient of variation analysis that I did which is basically a number, it's, it's just standard deviation divided by mean, which shows you how predictable a data set is, right? And quarterbacks came out as the most predictable, then running backs, then wide receivers, and then tight ends. But if you think about it logically, it all makes sense, right? You have a quarterback whose sample size in a given game is going to be very large. It's going to be 30 attempts, right? Let's just, that's, that's a baseline. I mean, some will throw 40, maybe even 50. And if you're Joe Flacco at, at times, what, what was that game last year when he threw like, 94 passes 60 well he didn't open 63 right it was 62 attempts uh, back-to-back opening weeks right yes 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 2013 it was against denver and then last year was against indy or something i don't know yeah yeah so he yeah so you know you have such a high ceiling in terms of opportunity for quarterbacks and because of that large sample size they just become more predictable right whereas running backs they're a little bit less predictable because of I, i think the number one reason uh, for their lower coefficient of variation or their lower predictability uh, is because of playing time. Mm-hmm. So it's not just because, you know, they're getting, let's say, let's say, you know, top-notch RB1s will get 20 to 25 total touches a game, which is still lower than quarterbacks. And they're also not gaining as many yards and doing as many things uh, whenever they do touch the ball. But it's opportunity-driven. It's, it's you know, if you own Jamal Charles, you know what, what Andy Reid can sometimes do, where Jamal Charles gets seven touches against the Titans. You know, there there are instances. Yeah, I know. I know that you want to exorcist vomit right now. Nope. Um, but <laughs> but you know, it's it's that's that's what happens with running backs. There's a lot of rotation there, especially in today's NFL with more running back by committees. And then there's wide receiver who you know you're thrilled if your wide receiver gets double digit targets in a game. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but wide receiver is is tied to quarterback play. Uh, so as a result, uh, there's there's a little bit more variance. And then tight end. I mean. You you do a lot of work with tight ends and, and routes run, Denny, and I know that you know if you what, what's what's like the what are you thrilled about from a from a route run perspective at the tight end position? Yeah, usually uh, you know 
I know this sounds really specific, but 23 routes right, is like right. a really good threshold and like 25 and 26 is a, is is a lot. And I know that that sounds like really insignificant, but if you if you tack on three or four routes uh to a guy's opportunity, it it really does over the course of a season add up. Yeah. In a matter. And, 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 yeah. And it, it shows you, I mean, like the tight end tight ends are, are on the line of scrimmage, obviously, more than, than wide receivers are. So there's just generally more variance. Like you're gonna see touchdowns matter more at the tight end position and cause that variance to, to occur. Uh, so as a result, quarterback is the most predictable position. So it's the easiest to stream, not only because of the supply and demand side of things, but I think you would agree that we're both much more comfortable drafting a tight end early than we would a quarterback early. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. Because streaming tight ends is much more difficult than streaming quarterbacks. Oh, oh, it's it's just oh. you know it's just the 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 general cost of doing so. You know I think we both are more. I mean we're much more okay with Rob Gronkowski early this year than we were with Jimmy Graham last year. Uh, yeah. Because Gronk Gronk is is not a human being, but and, and his numbers are, are insane and, so, and his ceiling. So much, yeah, so much better per target, really. Right. Right, his ceiling is so much higher than what Graham's was, uh, and and you know with quarterbacks though, it just it, it literally just doesn't make any sense given what you can do and how you can kind of hack the fantasy football system, right? So yeah, that's that's what it feels like. It really does. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know it's it's com- it's comfortable. It's it is very comfortable, I'm sure, to get get luck in the first round and have that like you know sewed up in your lineup. And just know that you're going to start him every week. I mean, I, I accidentally in a in a, an auction last year, I accidentally ended up with Peyton um, at a, at a pretty really cheap cost. It was a it was a room full of uh, fantasy writers, and and so we all think we're smarter than the next. Which so generally, no, yeah, which generally happened. Wasn't that the was that the two mugs league? There's two mugs. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So I ended up with Peyton, but it, and it was nice. I have to be honest, it was nice to to have. Uh, a guy who like I'm not going to bench him, so I mean, he's just a plug, plug and play. It was nice until he started being terrible at the end of the year. Right. Um, but so I get, I understand. I told, and I think you do too. Totally understand the appeal of sure. of you know sewing in that, that that quarterback spot. If I could just get back to uh, uh, the reasons that I hear, you know, that Luck is going in the first. I think yeah. So they have to do with Frank Gore, right? And they have to right. do with Andre Johnson. Right. Is that and and maybe Dorset? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and and just general uh, him him growing as a passer. Right. So uh, my my question would be, and I think I mentioned this a, a few weeks ago, uh, is you know Frank Gore is like a gritty, smart, incredibly intuitive veteran. He's a he's a leader and a, and a tough dude. But I'm mean, just talking about numbers wise. Like, is he a huge? upgrade from Ahmad Bradshaw last year or um or uh what's his name Boom Heron uh right. you know I mean I mean is he is he at 31 32 years old is that is he huge also Andre Johnson was one of the least efficient players in all of fantasy last year right okay right. uh he's clearly lost his step I mean the numbers say he's lost a significant step could he improve this year should he improve yes because he doesn't have uh, you know, basically Blaine, Blaine Gabbert throwing him the ball anymore. Um, uh, so I know, I know Gabbert doesn't play for the Texans, by the way. Um, but uh, anyway, so th- so the, 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 those reasons don't really stand up for me. I mean, is Dante Moncrief is 
is he better than Andre Johnson? Is that right. is that a, is that a right. bad question? Crazy question? I don't know. Uh, and, and I think the other the other point to that though too, I think the Frank Gore piece is really interesting. Not to like skip around and stuff and like get into just random topics about about luck, but we are going to talk about luck as as a projection and just like what what you know is he is he really going to be that substantially better than he was last year? Uh, I think. With the Frank Gore thing, like sure, Frank Gore's a good pass catcher, great in pass protection. Like he's he's a, he's a good solid running back. But at the same time, one of the things that we have to realize is is they now have like an actual weapon potentially on the goal line that they didn't have before on the ground, mm-hmm. which which is going to take away some of Andrew Luck's upside. All so, those, yeah, all those one yard touchdowns. Right. So it's like it's like yeah. at the, so while while Frank Gore is people are viewing it as helping him. Sure, it's not gonna like. I don't think it's going to like deter his Andrew yeah. Luck's potential. I think it's still going to help, but I don't think it's going to like be this tremendous boost to Andrew for Andrew Luck. I think I think all like all the personnel moves and stuff, sure, it's going to help Andrew Luck in the end. Like he's he has a better group this year than he does last year. That's very easy to argue, right? But at the same time, to your point, I think it's just the degree in which you think that that change is being how how big that change is. Yeah, I, I don't get and and just just to go down, I, I was looking at some uh, kind of peripheral stats on Pro Football Focus, uh, some stats from Luck from his first three years. I know I know rookie years are different. I know you've done a lot of work on examining rookie years and seeing if they are uh, predictive. Yeah, and, right. and you said they largely are, right? They large, yes, yes. And Andrew Luck is certainly part of that top tier oh. of of rookie quarterbacks. Absolutely, and. Just uh, looking at his fantasy uh, points per dropback over th- over three years, um, it was a uh, point four three in twenty twelve, and then that ticked up to point four six in twenty thirteen, uh, which is you know a, a, a nice increase. Nothing nothing crazy though. And then it and then it uh, vaulted to point five six uh, in twenty fourteen. Um, right. That had mostly to do with touchdowns. Um, exactly. Of exactly. course. And uh, uh, but. Uh, so, so you know, if you think, you know, that that's sustainable, and really, point point six is like point six fantasy points per dropback is like the holy grail. Um, right. That's like what Michael Vick scored during his insane year, and then what Russell Wilson scored last year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but then, you know, looking at also at, at Luck's accuracy percentage, which is a percentage that incorporates um, drops and throwaways and spikes at the line of scrimmage. So it's it's maybe a, a little clearer indicator of a guy's uh, accuracy. Uh, mm-hmm. Just going down the list uh, in twenty uh, during his rookie year, he was um, bottom of the barrel uh, in that percentage, tied with uh, um, uh, tied with Joe Flacco, or, or Flacco was just above him. Uh, in twenty thirteen, he was right there with Mike Glennon around twentieth in accuracy mm-hmm. percentage, and then last year he was seventeenth. Uh, right there with Andy Dalton. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, these are a little, I think that these kind of peripheral stats are a little bit concerning for someone who's, who's just ready to hit the, hit the draft button right away on, on look. Right. I mean, I think I, I personally, I think Andrew Luck, like, I think Andrew Luck is phenomenal. I've, I've been pegged, too. I've been pegged by the indie star as someone who can't stand him because I wrote an article that was, that was basically saying, look, Andrew Luck has all the potential in the world, let's say, but right now he's not nearly as great and, and phenomenal and number one quarterback in the NFL as people are making him out to be. I think he's, I think he's like Brett Favre, right? I, like I think Brett Favre is the best, and there's nothing wrong with being Brett Favre. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's just 
He's not he's not this efficiency machine. I think I think one thing that's really really big with Andrew Luck this year is that people uh, when 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 you see someone do something big, what like what he did last year and throwing forty touchdowns, you assume that uh, you know you add personnel that can only get better. That's that's what the assumption is. But <laughs> but throwing forty touchdowns is so difficult to do. I mean, it's only been done eleven times, I believe, in, in NFL history, mm-hmm. uh, and, and three of those seasons came in twenty eleven in that crazy almost lockout season. Uh, and, and and not only that, but if you look at the forty three quarterbacks who've had six hundred attempts in the season, Andrew Luck's touchdown rate was fourth best that we've ever seen, which means there's going to be some natural regression there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something to keep in mind that let's not just like assume that like. If you're projecting Andrew Luck for 40 touchdowns, for 45 touchdowns, let's say, because you need to have a, sign- a, a fairly significant increase in order for him to live up to a first-round ADP, because uh, because that's why that's why people were drafting Peyton Manning the year after he had 55 touchdowns is because they they thought that he would get 50. They thought that he was a luck a lock a luck a lock for 50 touchdowns, but that just doesn't happen. It's just not sm- a smart way of thinking. You have to think realistically, not just optimistically. Um, so I think that's really really important for for luck. I want to go I want to go back to kind of like the the the, the actually let's I want to talk about opportunity cost. Because I think opportunity cost is is one of the biggest um, misunderstanding uh, terms, uh, misunderstood terms in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, ever like I said earlier, every time you draft a player, you're only thinking within the boundaries of that player. You're not really thinking about how it impacts the rest of your roster. Like to me, when you're drafting a player, it matters just as much about who you're not drafting as it does who you are drafting. Mm-hmm. Um, so opportunity cost is, is just defined as the loss of potential gain from other alternatives when one alternative is chosen. So basically, you know, if you draft Andrew Luck, your opportunity cost is other first round running backs or other first round wide receivers. I get the question all the time. Uh, why is the opportunity cost higher at quarterback and tight end, I guess you could throw in there, than running back and wide receiver? And the simple reason for that is you can get quarterbacks in the 12th and 13th round that are very, very usable, and you can stream the quarterback position, whereas you just can't do that at running back and wide receiver. And you if, just, you, yeah, you if can't. you think you can, you're wrong. I mean, like, right, like, right. Like, like, just flat out wrong. You're incorrect. Yeah, historically, you're wrong. I, I think you, you did a great uh, bust rate article last year or a series of articles uh, that, you know, showed that, you know, that especially with like a zero RB approach, mm-hmm. um, while it can work, uh, you're really, uh, you know, defying history. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's why, you know, like the zero RB stuff, like, I think I th- basically like middle round players in general at every position kind of suck. Like I think you just basically have to go wide receiver in the middle rounds because of the way that quarterbacks are so replaceable. Running backs are generally generally have similar bust rates in the middle rounds as they do in the late rounds. And I think the zero R- zero RB I understand. You know I think people take it to the wrong level. I think that you know zero RB is more about uh, gathering you know, understanding that there's the fragility aspect to that running back position. And, and really there's so many, there, there are a lot of waiver wire running backs and you're taking the chance of of going after those waiver wire running backs, as opposed to actually drafting running backs that you're using week in and week out. I think that's really important. And you're, and you're loading up on wide receiver mostly, but I think like, it's crazy to me that people are still using value-based drafting. 
Like it's it's seriously insane to me. I think there's there's probably a strong correlation between pe- this is this is pro- I shouldn't say this. There's probably a strong correlation between people who watch Fox News and and also draft oh. value based drafting. Oh my gosh, you just fired up our conservative base. Let me tell you. Um, I, and look, there's not. I mean, if it's fine, you can watch Fox News, but it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> like, but but like you're probably value based drafting also. But it's but it's, yeah, both have been proven to be not effective in, I don't news telling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm I'm saying I'm just saying like I just think I think va- I think value based drafting is very antiquated. It it's just it's not logical and it's not like when you're when you're performing value based drafting, you're making so many stupid assumptions. They're, really, you're just it's think about it logically. If you're doing value-based drafting, you're comparing a guy like Andrew Luck to a baseline quarterback, correct? But we we have proven, we proved last season, and I told you this was going to get heated. I've already, I'm 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 feeling my blood pressure rising. We proved last season that we're not using the same quarter. We're not using a baseline. What is a baseline quarterback in fantasy football? That doesn't exist. That's not a thing because ba- there's no there's no baseline because we're using different quarterbacks every single week or we can use different quarterbacks every single week. So stop saying that Andrew Luck gives you x amount of points of an edge each week. Yeah, sure, he's going to give you he's going to give you an edge. I don't doubt that. That's not the whole point of why we stream quarterbacks. He's going to give you an edge. We're not going to be as good as Andrew Luck unless Andrew Luck drops off the face of the earth and is not very good at quarterback next season or loses his right arm. But I, I think I think that it's really really important that like like value based drafting, especially at those onesie positions that are so replaceable in fantasy football, it is just not a thing. No. It's not a thing. No, it's not. And and uh, uh, I I like to hear you get fired up. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I just I and I I'm sorry if I offended anyone too. Oh stop! I mean, good lord! If you're offended by being called out about the news you consume, then. You know, maybe it's time to consume other news. But um, I, I, by the way, I do think Darter watches Fox News. Kenny Darter, I believe. Oh, he definitely, definitely I does. Believe. I'm gonna. I hope he listens to this podcast so he can give us his take. I think he is a uh, a contributor, uh, even uh, for for Fox News and uh, his Twitter feed. I, all I know is that I've retweeted stuff about him talking about free market economics and whatnot. So I, to, to be to be clear, too, I'm not even like a super political person at all. No, you're very, not. very, very, very not. <laughs> Yeah. And and it's 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 just like I I I know yeah. I mean my dad my dad loves Fox News right, right. so, so you're not, I, you don't hate your dad I um, don't I love my I, if you watch Fox News I still love you if you value based draft I think that we need to have a conversation right right and, yeah so anyway JJ's not a political person so direct your political hate at me please at CD definitely yes Denny yeah you can talk to Denny about what I what, what I just threw to him yeah <laughs> it's red meat. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, the value-based drafting thing, you know, it just it doesn't make much sense to me. I think logically, you, we have to be better as a, as a community. Like, we need to be better. That was that was created in like two thousand one, and people are still they're still pulling out their apps and they're still looking at their apps and they're marking off players that are drafted during their draft, and they're like, oh, this guy has the biggest margin in season-long projections, so I'm going to draft. What is that? Uh, you're you're using season long projections along with the fact that you're assuming I'm going to be using the same quarterback every week. It just it blows my mind. Right. It, I mean, it you're, completely you're, blows my mind. You're totally pulling it out of your apps. Right? Oh, oh. <laughs> heyo, heyo. So well, I think I think people who are listening to this probably want to know. Okay, if we're not drafting Andrew Luck this year, then who are we drafting? Oh right. <laughs> 
I mean, every, right. like like all of the bad quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like like what's your what you, so like okay, we're not going with Andrew Luck. We're probably going to go running back, wide receiver heavy early. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, no no Ryan, no Stafford. Just right, right. But you're you're late. Like when we talk late round quarterbacks, we're we're saying okay, we're not getting Andrew Luck, so we're going to get someone. Yeah. That has tremendous upside. That ideally we, ideally he becomes what Matthew Stafford was in 2011. That's always the best example to give. Where he it was, really is. It really where he was a late a late round pick, and he ended up being he had one of the best raw statistical seasons ever. Like just just from a, like a yeah. fantasy perspective, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. Yeah. But if it doesn't pan out that way, you know you just go to the streaming well. Is there? Is there going to be a quarterback or two that you just target every year? Or are you just going to approach it as, here's the guy with the best early season schedule, and I'm just going to go into it and stream? Yeah, you know, that that's that's sort of the the, the home run swings. They Their ADPs are not, I'm sorry, not home run swings, but the guys who are most likely to be a top quarterback eventually see their ADPs rise. And I'm specifically thinking of Russell Wilson last year, where, you know, yeah. in June – in July, you could have gotten Russell Wilson at the very end of your draft. Okay, right, and because, I, I got him in the I got him in the fourteenth in that Apex yeah. League that we did, for instance. And then and then, but suddenly in late August, you're starting to have to get get him in the you know seventh eighth round. That's just you know opportunity cost wise, that didn't make much sense to me. So right. I I didn't actually end up with with a, with a ton of Russell Wilson in redraft last year. So those kind of guys, they will see their ADPs rise. I suppose with all the talent now surrounding Ryan Tannehill that he's a guy you know who showed great statistical improvement last year um mm-hmm. you know can't throw the deep ball to save his life but whatever I mean you know he's uh he's surrounded by a lot of guys in an offense uh that that seems to be f- at functional at at worst and and mm-hmm. potentially potentially really good at best so right. um you know he that he jumps out to me um also I'm I would be excited to see I mean, Gino, you know, I'm always going to, gonna, you know, talk about Gino just mostly because I like the trolling from Twitter. But I would like to see, <laughs> I would like to see Ryan Fitzpatrick get a shot in New York with those big with those big targets. I mean, he knows yeah, me too. he knows what to do when he has, you know, big body receivers on on the outside and, and Jason Morrow. I mean, you know, the, I, I really think that that um, right. that that could be something really something for streaming purposes. Yeah, I think the guy that I'm probably going to target, um, I wrote an article about this as well, is, is Sam Bradford, just because of what we know, what Chip Kelly can do, what we don't know, what Sam Bradford can do. It's mo- mostly ambiguity because that's why he's he's dropped. You know, if he if he were if he would have proven in St. Louis that he was a viable quarterback, he wouldn't be going in the 13th or you know 10th to 13th round of fantasy drafts. And the thing that I really like about Bradford is that his early season schedule is cake, just complete cake. There's like uh, first five weeks of the season, there's maybe one one game that you you would be scared off of, um, and and he has the weapons and so on. So I think that Bradford's a really intriguing uh, guy that I'm going to be targeting this year too. Yeah, I mean, unless he's cut like everybody else on the Eagles, unless yeah, exactly. Unless right. Chip Kelly Chip Kelly cuts him and and brings back Foles or something. Yeah, exactly. So those are those are those are three guys. I think those are three. I, those are those are three different tiers too because I think Tannehill. I like Eli too. I think we need to mention oh, Eli. E, oh, e, Eli over the last nine weeks of the season, Eli had five five out of nine weeks top five performances, man. which 
which only eight quarterbacks in the NFL even had that all season long. And he did that with, it was around the time where Odell Beckham kind of started breaking out. Uh, So I think Eli's an obvious late round, late round choice, just because they added Vereen, you know, Odell's going to get an actual uh, off season. Uh, Ruben Randall is going to, there's people are talking about him breaking out. Um, and then Victor Cruz hopefully can come back a little bit healthy, even though he's he's not going to be a hundred percent probably. But still, you know, there's there's weapons there in that McAdoo offense where he can do a lot of work. And I know I know Larry Donald was a non-factor in in OBJ games last year, uh, but from what I've read in the offseason, he's uh, worked a lot on the things that kept him off the field last year, uh, wow. which was um, uh, route running outside of the red zone and uh, blocking. Uh, run, yes. run, and pass blocking. So, nice. um, you know, when when people, I think when people kind of freak out about blocking and say, "Well, this guy's a good blocker, so I don't want him for fantasy purposes," you, that's I I think the opposite. I think I want a guy who's going to be on the field who the who the team trusts. Uh, you know, right. like like a Vir- Virgil Green. I hear that knock on him all the time. Well, he's a good blocker. Okay, so he'll get on the field a lot, and the team trusts him and to keep Peyton Manning alive and upright. You know, right. Right. Anyway. I think I, I so right. I, I totally. So it's Eli, Ryan Tannehill, you know, uh, Sam Bradford. And then if, if Fitzy can get that, that gig, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be super fun. They got, they've got the weapons. Um, one more thing I want to touch on before we stop talking about Andrew Luck. I think that there's a misunderstanding about elite quarterbacks and top tier perform weekly performances. Um, really, you know, if you look at last season, if you look at top six performances, so like elite QB one performances, Andrew Luck had eight of them and that was very good. And he was tied for the most with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so Andrew Luck had eight. Our streaming Frankenstein last year, do you know how many top five, well, top six performances it had? No. Six. Oh. So we had two fewer top elite performances than Andrew Luck did last year, right? And at, paid, with with our streaming quarterback, paid not, nothing. No, we paid no price for those guys. We paid zero price for those guys. So I just want to throw that out there. I think it's a really important thing uh, to to realize. It's you know, it's it's also different. You know, if you're playing, you know, if it's like DFS or something, and you're playing cash games, it's different to say like, oh, I'm going to roll Joe Flacco against the Redskins, or I'm going to roll Aaron Rodgers against you know the the Redskins, <laughs> like, you know, like, of course you're going to want to play it safe uh, in terms of that. Cause it's different. It's just a different way of thinking about the game. But at the same time, you know, that it's very, very possible with zero invest initial investment to get at least pretty freaking close to Andrew, to, to an elite quarterback, the best quarterbacks production. Yeah. It's, it's kind of frighteningly close for anybody who would, would take, you know, take price, take luck at his current price. Yeah. All right, so that's it about with Andrew Luck. Do you have anything else to add? If I have to take Luck or Rodgers, I mean, if that's like my only choice, I'm taking yeah. Rodgers. Just are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm. I would probably still take Luck, but I. I don't really have like a strong enough preference. I don't think. The only thing to, I mean to, to really like argue, like I can't blame you for taking yeah. Rodgers. I'm not a fan of of pagan guys as injury prone, but Luck is like. It is like an un, you know, like an indestructible brick wall, and Rodgers is not. <laughs> so right. that's the one. I, I don't know. That's one that's thing that true. jumps out. I, I just, I always see, like, I can see, you know, uh, uh, Rodgers, you know, sprinting out of the pocket, and all the, you know, he comes up lame. It was calf or was. You just don't see that with luck. 
Right, right. All right, so the next the next segment of the podcast is something that we've that we just decided to do based on some of like the the Twitter feedback and questions that we got. We're going to choose since I'm getting married in like 15 days. We're going to choose five groomsmen mm-hmm. from the NFL who would be our groomsmen with one best man. So Denny, reveal your groomsmen. Okay, well, uh, these are probably pretty obvious choices, but the kind of the the anchors of my groomsmen are Matthew Stafford and Jay Cutler. Because, yes, okay, that's good. I got I have Cutler too. Yeah, they they degaff and they probably know how to party according to pictures on the internet. Yeah, um, definitely. So, um uh so I think that they are essential uh to to the uh to the wedding party. Um you do have to have someone to keep groomsmen in line. And I meant to tell you this, JJ. Uh I I had a I had a guy uh you know, my my best friend from high school. He was there to uh, to make sure that the, that the other guys didn't get too rowdy and or drunk before the wedding, because I've seen that. Yes, pro- you probably have too. Where uh, the you you see some groomsmen kind of stumbling around, smirking like idiots up up you know up on on uh, the, the, the altar. altar because yeah. because because they just had three uh, shots of Jack Daniels before they walked right. out there. So uh, so to keep that under control, I would ask Greg Olson. <laughs> To be to be in my uh, to be among my best uh, my my best men because he is uh, he is a dad's dad. He is a dad. That's a great choice. He's he's the kind of guy I I can see you know getting to the wedding reception, having a a, a Michelob Ultra you know like a nice you know like a nice yeah. uh, just 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 but sipping it. I mean no no sipping chug- a Michelob Ultra without a doubt that is what that is Greg Olson's game. Sipping it and being like mm, oh man I th- th- I am feeling good. And then, oh but, yeah, and that's what he says. Too. Like that's his that's I'm, his phrase that he I'm says all the time. Good. And then, but yeah. then he totally loses control over Stafford and uh, and and Cutler <laughs> at the reception. But, yeah, right. but but he keeps them in line at, at at church. He keeps them in line at the ceremony, um, uh, which is which is absolutely critical. I, uh, I love that. Yeah, it's a good good choice. Yeah, and I you you said you said five right? Yeah, two. so two more. You have two more. So I was gonna go with Russell Wilson, but he's such a boring. Uh, yeah, that's person. like that's like Greg Olson part two. Yeah, so exactly. You can't. You don't. You don't want, uh, and you don't need uh, those, those those two. I I have to say that I want Jamal Charles in my wedding just so that I can hug him. Yeah. Okay, and, that's fair. And just say, Jamal, I I appreciate you so much for what you've done for me in fantasy football over these past like seven seasons and I'm yeah so- that's that's why you have groomsmen and i'm yeah and i'm sorry that i uh, cut bait on uh, on you in dynasty i'm 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 really sorry <laughs> like that's right okay that's very very logical choice there who's your last one um i was i was really uh i was i was quite quite torn about the last one but uh are we talking about retired place players or or, or just current? you can i mean you can if they're still living i mean I love Ricky Williams, so okay. That would be that would be another I, interesting one. I need I need Ricky, but I also need the cops not to not to be at the wedding because True. the 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 plumes of smoke coming out from the uh, 
uh, you know, from the wedding reception, we'll be yeah, at. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, so that that could endanger everything. But maybe Greg Olson could keep him under control. I don't know. I mean, it, it, as long as Olson didn't have two McLobe Ultras, I think he'd be okay. I think he'd be good. I think Olson is just. I mean, that's a great. I mean, he is playing cop. Right. Yeah. He's, he is. He is the reception yeah. cop. He's the total cop. We need. We need, actually. We need someone to do a movie poster of Greg Olson, and the the movie title is Reception Cop. <laughs> be awesome get, get on for johnny yeah uh so so who is is it ricky would ricky be your last one or do you have someone else that you're choosing over him? no i'm good well how about you okay so who well who would your best man be out of those uh good question oh see because i'll i'll say this okay my best my best man would be jay cutler <laughs> be, because how amazing would a toast from jay cutler be oh he <laughs> like marriage I'm, mostly sucks yeah, yeah. So I have I have Cutler. I have Rob Gronkowski, for yeah, obvious reasons. Sure. I mean Gronk would be a lot of fun. He's an elite party. I, I have I have Fred Jackson for the same reasons that you have Jamal yeah. Charles. Yeah. I also have I have Niles Paul because I'm trying to create a relationship with him so we can hashtag get Niles Paul and living the stream. Well, I mean, so he eventually could replace me as your co-host. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> and then lastly, of course, we have Alex Smith. I think that he he could officiate the wedding as well. Like, could you, like, I'm getting married Catholic, right? So, so, like, could you imagine the the prayers of the faithful, where you, you know, it, where people say, "Lord, hear our prayer," and it's Alex Smith, hear our prayer, right? And That's, it would be the safest, most conservative wedding of all time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yes, without a doubt, it would. He would he would pull out. He would his 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 homily would be just about. <laughs> Throwing short passes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he'd be like, in, I don't know where in, to go with that. In in marriage, it's always better to check down. <laughs> right. Just JJ, remember to always check check down to your backup fullback instead of trying for the thirty yarder down the seam. Okay, Thanks. that's exactly that is exactly it. So it would be a safe a safe ceremony. I think that that would be fine. I'm okay with that. And then you know the party gets started with Gronk and with with Cuddy would be, would be good in there as the best yeah, man. For sure. And you know, Fred, Fred Jackson's a dad. He's a great dad. I'm not sure. Niles Paul's the wild card here. Like we don't really know what Niles Paul is like. I mean, with a name like Niles Paul, he's probably pretty reserved. I don't know. I mean, he sounds like an accountant. <laughs> Larry Donald sounds like your accountant. <laughs> yeah. Larry Donald definitely is the accountant. So those are, those are my five. Okay. That was that was a fun exercise. We have a lot of questions that I okay. yeah. We, let's do it. They've been collecting on on the Twitter account, which you can follow at Live the Stream FF. Which, by the way, no one is following that still, so I don't understand. Yeah, please follow that freaking podcast, like we or that Twitter account, not podcast. Um, all right. So the first one is from at Fade to Zach. I'm going to try MFL tens for the first time this season. Any advice on strategy for a beginner? Yes, uh, go running back heavy early, and don't be afraid to reach a little bit at running back when you do go running back early. Is that good? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't do MFL 10, so... Okay, the next one is at Oshkosh Jeff. What is your take on Le'Veon Bell being a first-round pick, assuming his his suspension isn't reduced? Uh, I mean, I, I, I would have a hard time passing him up, um, especially if he drops... I, I think he could drop to the second round by, by all. In some in some leagues, I think he might. I mean, like realistically, you could you should still consider him. I think at the first overall pick, like you could still consider him there just because of what he does for you weekly. Um, yeah. 
And it's not like you're taking a zero at the RB spot no. those three weeks. No. It, it's such a high floor, you know, such a high right, floor. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think that he's still, I think, let's just say he's still top half for, yeah, he's a first round pick because that's what the question yeah. was talking about. Um, this is from at the FF Comedy Hour. Uh, in a neck beard only draft, what round is Andrew Luck's neck? Uh, Andrew Luck's neck. Andrew Andrew Luck's beard going. That is. Uh, uh, you guys should check out the FF Comedy Hour. They have a lot of a lot of darter going on in there. So. Yeah, lots of darter. Uh, anyway, uh, I mean, I think it's elite. I think it's it's top end kind of neck beard situation. Has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Um, this is from at Scott L zero five one six. Who are some of your favorite late round wide receiver and tight end targets in MFL tens? Also, is there an, any update on getting Niles Paul and living the stream? No, but we no. need to make that happen. Use the hashtag get Niles Paul and living the stream. Please. I'll, I'll just, I'll do the MFL 10 question real quick. Uh, late round wide receivers. I really like getting Nick tune very late. Um, I'm getting a lot of Stevie Johnson, Eddie Royal, um, I think that's I'm getting some Cole Beasley if I don't feel good about my wide receivers that late because I think that he could have some of those higher floor games. Uh, tight ends, I really I like our boy Virgil Green still. I think that there's upside there, but I'm not. If I'm getting Virgil Green, I'm getting three tight ends on my roster. You know, I'm getting a lot of Antonio Gates still because he's dropping a lot in drafts. Uh, there's a there's a lot of double digit tight end or double digit round tight ends. I mean, there's Eifert is still dropping a lot. Um, there, there's a, there's a lot of them in there, but those are just some of them that I've been targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, this is at M Brady Olson in regards to luck. What about in leagues where all touchdowns are six points or leagues that give bonus yards of, for 300 yard game? Did, didn't you, I think you addressed that in one of your, one of your books. And I was, I was frankly surprised because it just seems just, it just seems to make sense that if touchdowns count for six points, then you got to go. Or it's easier. It it makes more sense to go with the elite quarterback. But you yeah. said that that you showed that that's not true. Yeah. So I think the reason that it wouldn't be true, like it's true if you're looking at it from a value based drafting season long perspective, right? Because if if Andrew Luck's scoring forty touchdowns and someone else is scoring only twenty, then right there, that's an extra forty points for Andrew Luck in terms of value compared to that other player. But again, you're still playing a weekly game. It's not like our streaming quarterback, let's say, or it's not like our you know if, if our quarterback that we're playing every week and we decide to play another quarterback just to kind of switch things up. Like if you, if you have Matt Ryan and you play him 10 out of 15 weeks and fan or 10 out of 14 weeks and those other four weeks, you're just throwing in some random guys. It's not as though those guys in that given week can't, can't throw three touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's, that's where the important uh, pieces for when, when thinking about it in terms of six touchdown, sure. His, his value goes up. Don't get me wrong, but I still wouldn't draft a quarterback early. Right. Um, the next one is from our buddy Justin Bailey at jbales underscore three. He said Stafford, Flacco, Cutler, Eli. Okay, this is he always gives great questions. This is where we always go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Stafford, Flacco, Cutler, Eli. One for each. One one for each. Give best man speech. Walk mom down the aisle. Plan the bachelor party. Forget to invite. So let's start with out of Stafford, Cutler, Flacco, Eli. Who would give the best man speech? I mean, I think you you already said you know Cutler. I think it's Cutler. Great. Yeah. Just who would? I agree. Just to just to give a totally degaff speech. Who would walk mom down the aisle? I mean, I'd say I'd say, I would say Flacco, but he's too tall. I think I think it's Eli. Yeah, I think it's Eli. He's just he's, he's Eli's just a like a regular dude. He seems very affable. Yeah, it seems seems nice. And then Stafford is planning the bachelor party, right? 
Yeah, but he's going to need help. I mean, I don't think that, you know, like, uh, like as, as what happened, you know, when, when the Lions asked if he needed a, a quarterback uh, a coach to come in, you know, a specialist, and talk to him about his mechanics, and he was like, nah, bro, I'm all right. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he would definitely have a pretty, like, you would need someone to push him a little bit, but I would much rather not yeah. invite Joe Flacco. Right. Yeah, well, you hate Flacco, so you know that's. Uh, but but uh, you know what though, uh, uh, Flacco. I let's see. I saw a picture of him in Vegas posing with just some random random dudes, and I thought that that was really cool. So I think you are totally wrong on Flacco. Wow, that's the worst. <laughs> uh, this is from at Shock Shockar Manor. He said, "Please rank." Uh, this is in 2015. Who would? How would you rank these guys? Eifert, Ladarius Green, Virgil Green, and Crockett Gilmore. I mean, Gil- Gilmore has no, like, real... Right now, yeah, I don't think... I think he would be last. This is... I think you would probably agree with me. It goes Eifert, Virgil Green, Ladarius Green, Gilmore. Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to say Virgil, it's just not clear yet. Right. Yeah. Um, This is at one to fool Gemini. He said, with so many options to throw to, is it, is it safer to just draft Gore and let others, others cancel themselves? Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand what that means. Others cancel themselves. Uh, oh, you mean like, oh, maybe like with in regard to 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 drafting luck in the first to like get is like get some sort of like get, I mean, I would rather just draft like Andre Johnson in a PPR league or something. Yeah, if I want, if I want to, if I want to capture some of Andrew Luck's upside. Yeah, it's not. It's it's actually a really decent strategy to just pile up guys. I mean, talk to anyone last year who who had uh, Demarius Thomas, uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and um, C.J. Anderson right. on their on their teams. You know, I mean, you can you can definitely benefit from the wildly productive quarterback. Right. Uh, this next one is from at uh, Fitz underscore eight four three. He says, "Is anyone on the Cardinals worth drafting?" <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Carson Palmer will be another will be a target of mine again if he's if he's healthy and ready to go, which it seems like yeah. he is. Yeah. No doubt. I, I I really like John Brown this year too. I actually to, to the MFL ten question, he's not really late round, but I I'm starting to own a lot of John Brown because there's very a lot of positive reports. If you look at his volume down the stretch last year, uh, it was very good. He's a typical like Bruce Arians loves this kind of receiver like we saw with T.Y. Hilton I mean I think that John Brown is someone that it could really have a good year and I think a lot of the reason that his value is depreciated is because of this Michael Floyd idea that he's going to Michael like I think we know Michael Floyd's role and people think that it's going to change it's not going to change like we we know what his role is yeah Michael Floyd truthers are out out in force yeah um, same, same, uh, guy, this is from at Fitz, uh, underscore eight, four, three said, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Stewart? You like Jonathan Stewart, I believe, right? I, I do. I probably like him more than, more than you do. I don't, I know exactly how you feel, but I, I, that, that offense really, really was clicked and was very efficient and good down the stretch when he was get, when he was the centerpiece really of, yeah. of, of the offense. And you know, look, I don't know. I don't know much about like like sustainable ankle health or lower leg health. Or the thing. <laughs> I, so I can't say. You know, I can't say for sure. I mean, there are injury experts out there who have a lot to say on Jonathan Stewart. So that's something that I'll I'll be paying close attention to. Uh, but with with some healthy feet under him, 
literally he he's he's a really good running back yeah i mean I, I i don't disagree with you i think that the different like the only thing is i don't see like a crazy crazy ceiling because of how they handle the goal line work there and how running backs just don't score as many touchdowns as you would like from an rb1 let's say but he's definitely if he's healthy he's a very 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 safe rb2 that i think is going to be great and seasonal because of that weekly floor yeah i mean i i, I yeah i'm mean, that's pretty much how i feel on him yeah yeah uh, this is at Jonathan L. Berry. Is daily fantasy bigger than regular fantasy? I'm not playing season-long fantasy this season. Daily is more profitable. Well, I mean... Well, that's... <laughs> like, I, I think, you know, I think if your goal with fantasy football is to make a profit, then sure, daily fantasy is probably the route that you, you would want to go. But if it's to have fun and listen to this podcast, then you probably want to play season-long. Exactly. And and no, the answer to the first question is no, I, I don't... I think that... DFS only accounts for a fraction of fantasy. Still, I mean, it's easy to right. think, it uh, does, yeah. You know, in, in, when you're in the bubble, it's easier to say, "Oh, everybody plays daily." But just an, for anecdotal purposes, at the at the next party you you attend, just ask someone, "Do you play daily fantasy?" And the and the answer will probably be, "What in the hell is daily fantasy?" Exactly. It ta- it's going to take some time for it to to catch on. And every FSTA event that I go to, they mention the fact that only like you know, 5% of seasonal players are actually playing daily fantasy. Um, This is from at first round QB, our boy, Kenny Darter. He says, why hasn't CD Carter 13 deleted this dumbass account yet? (laughs) Alternatively, why hasn't everyone blocked him? This is a great question. And I don't, I don't, I do not know the answer to either, except for that, um, when I threaten to delete the account, uh, um, there's always someone nice who says, "Don't do it." Oh, it's definitely not me. No, it's not you. It's definitely it's definitely no one in the fantasy industry. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, this is from at Honolulu Pass Blue. He says, two QB Dynasty can trade Blake Bortles for Alex Jesus Smith." Do I even need to ask? Who would you rather have in Dynasty, Alex Smith or Blake Bortles? I mean, Smith. I don't. Oh man, that's. You know, I'm, I I I kind of want to say Bortles just because we know what Alex Smith is. Yeah, I know. I, I'm still gonna just go with Alex Smith because I think that you can get away with with yeah. doing that in Dynasty. Yeah, like, I, I think I think quarterback age in Dynasty leagues is one of the most overrated things in, in right. fantasy football. Yeah, and, and and yeah, no, that that's I don't disagree with that. But Bortles is just such an intriguing play for me, an arbitrage play on that receiving. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I if you think that Bortles is is going to be something decent, then sure, you know, go for keep Bortles. It's fine. I got you. Uh, this is another one from at Fade to Zach. You say the goal isn't to isn't isn't to stream. Does that include defenses? Yeah, like like Kansas City's defense two years ago. Remember that? Right. Yeah. Like you can, you should certainly, I mean, if you can get some sort of Seattle defense plug and play option and you're right, the the Kansas city defense is the same way. Just get, get a good defense that has a good early season schedule and just see how that works out. Whereas quarterback, you're probably not as liberal in terms of going just straight for streamers. Right. Uh, the, the bears defense like four seasons ago was off the charts and they, they were like the eighth or 10th, uh, defense off the board. So yeah, I mean, Yes, the the goal is to just get a defense and and run with them. Right. Um, this is from at bad glove hand. He said ten ten team three wide receiver two running back flex point five PPR. 
He gets to keep two of these guys. All right, you ready? Kelvin Benjamin in the eighth, Travis Kelsey in the ninth, Jordan Matthews in the tenth, or Crowell slash Randall in the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first three are really good. Yeah, I I would say I would yeah yeah. So you're saying if you were to choose two, who would you choose oh. out of Kel- out of Kelvin, Kelsey, and Jamie? Yeah. Uh, who? Well, Kelsey, uh, for sure. I'd, I, yeah, I'd say I'd say Kelsey and Jamat. And uh, so Matthews is in the tenth. Yeah, Matthews just be, yeah. Matthews has the better and the then, better cost. And Kelvin's in the eighth. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, Jamat. Boom. Uh, this next one's from at Fantasy Genius. He says, "Moose tracks or Cherry Garcia?" Uh, moose tracks or stop listening right now. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't know anything about Ben. This is Ben and Jerry's, right? Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I don't. You know. I. I don't even like ice cream. But uh, of course you don't. Course, I mean, I don't. I don't like anything that that's enjoyable. Corn flavored ice cream. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I would go for that. But uh, God, that's, most, that's one of the most disturbing things I've ever. Heard. Yeah. No. I, it makes me. Want, even me. It makes me want to throw up out of my nose. But um, <laughs> uh, Cherry Garcia. Uh, reminds me of a coworker that I did not like at all. And every birthday party, she would bring in a thing of Cherry Garcia and make us eat it because it, because she thought, oh, it's such a treat. Everybody loves Cherry Garcia. And I, I would actually like eat my way around the cherry part and like spit it out back into the... You would, you would eat the Garcia is what you're saying. Yeah. And I would like, I would, I would spit it as the most passive aggressive move ever. Like what? I didn't, eat the cherry, I didn't eat the cherry part. Boom. Boom. Right. And you would just stare down. Yeah. Be like, what you, you want, do you want this or what? Right. Yeah. No. So that, that gives me bad memories. Uh, this next one's from Pat Mayo at the PME. He said, "If you and JJ got married, how soon would would it be before you considered having kids?" I mean, uh, we're talking about us, right? Yeah, you and me. So we're talking about gay adoption. So we'd have to move. You'd have to move out of North Carolina. I'm getting political right? again. I'm getting political. You are. See, this is something that I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I don't talk to people about. You'd, you'd have to. You'd have to come to Maryland, where, uh, where. I think it's legal. Anyway, uh, I would say immediately because we would need to train. It's a process. We would need to train the the future savior of the streaming world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in in short order. Because in this world, Xavier Xavier doesn't exist. In this world, right? In that in that in that uh, alternate universe, uh, no. Because I, in, in in seventeen years, Xavier is going to be on this podcast. Like he's going to be the host. Because you're not. Oh no, it's definitely a Shanahan uh, situation. He's he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's going to get a job just because uh, just be, just because of, uh, of, of my of my gig, and I'm gonna I'm gonna and then he's going to be on like eleven podcasts. Oh, uh, like, like he's going to host like eleven different podcasts over five years. Right, right, and just just like just like Shan- Kyle Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shanahan's running backs. Xavier is is going to just have these the most ridiculous streamers that somehow work. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Just 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 complete. But he'll always have a job because of, because of daddy, of course. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a few from from at SMGDH. Okay. There's a few of them, and I'm just gonna read them, and we can just kind of rapid fire them. How short do you like your running shorts? Um. I. You know what. It, in high school, I was constantly hiking my shorts down because I was embarrassed if they were above my kneecaps. Okay, right, right. But as an old 
dad, when I run, which is pretty much every day, I have the, I'm I'm Larry Birding it. I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, it is it is they are disturbingly. They're so short that my brother-in-law was like, "Bro, can you please put on some pants before you talk to me?" I'll be I'll be honest. Like when you're actually running, like it's it's it is much more comfortable to not have the long shorts on. Oh yeah, I I, I, I look at we are super white. Okay, one hundred percent. Let's just get that out there. This is this is a very this is this is brought to you. This segment is brought to you by white people. Okay, <laughs> and and so, <laughs> so uh. I'm gonna say that I do not understand uh, shorts that are down basically to you know your socks. I, I you know right. I I'm gonna stop. I have to stop before I sound like my grandfather. Right. Well, I mean, when I'm, I mean, I don't, it's not like I'm going out with baggy shorts, but I'm like, I, I wear gym shorts every single day because I work from home. You do too. I mean, do you wear gym shorts every day? <laughs> I, like I, I live, I live the gym shorts it, life. It's a good question. Uh, I only, I have three pairs of gym shorts. Oh my God. Get out of here. And I, so I, but, and I save them for softball. And <laughs> so, you are such a dad. I'm such a dad and I will not buy more and i've told melissa do not buy me more gym shorts i'm fine i'm fine with three so do you, do you know that do you know that i have probably 25 pairs i don't doubt it i i'm guys you know I'm, I'm gonna i know there's some age difference but guys your age love gym shorts i wear jorts all day so <laughs> I, uh the next the next question what's the smallest car you've ever been in um, what kind what kind of what kind of car do you drive oh uh, I drive a, uh, a Toyota Prius. I, that doesn't surprise me. No, it shouldn't. A political. Do you know what? I, I, I drive a, I drive a Honda Civic. Uh, what color? Urban titanium. <laughs> it's like a, it's like, it's one of those like brownish, uh, uh, gray. Right. So my, my colors. dad, my dad is a, has been a car wholesaler for pretty much his whole adult life. And so I worked for him as a teenager. Um, I, every summer I would go work for him as a lot. And I used to have to drive uh, Geo Metros like every wow. like every third day. I'd have to drive in a Metro. And those <laughs> things, let me tell you, 1989 Geo Metro, that is that is the definition of unluxury. I mean, yeah, and, I and, and small. I mean, just like the smallest space. I believe it. I had a, a, a Mercury Cougar in, in high school. That was pretty small. Mercury. Oh yeah, yeah. Those were small. It, it, they were yes. They were like those. What you mean? Had, when they redesigned it, right, to make it like yeah, like the back seats had that like dip down. Yeah. <laughs> oh. like, like like when someone sat down, yeah. their knees were touching their foreheads. Is right. basically what was happening. No, it's basically like rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> right. If you have to sit in the back of a Mercury. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, this next one is the same guy. He said, "Rate Guinness out of 10. Guinness, yeah, like the beer. Oh, I honestly can say I I I don't think I've ever had one. Whoa, yeah, I'd probably. I mean, honestly, you're not missing much. I'd probably give it a five. I, I don't think Guinness is that good. I actively avoid. I don't know why. I just I just don't. <laughs> you should. You next time I see you, we'll we'll have one. Oh god. And then we'll and then we'll chase it with our Bud Light and Miller Light. Oh man, chase it. Look, that's hardcore. I don't know. My my wedding not, not gonna last long. My wedding is gonna have Iron City Light because it's a Pittsburgh oh, beer. Oh, nice! Iron Iron City Light—that's got to be, be even more urine-like. Oh, it's oh, it's amazing. It's that's that's what we every time we had parties in college, we would have Icy Light because it was 
It's drinking a little bit of Pittsburgh whenever you have Icy Lit. Because <laughs> it's um, literally Pittsburgh water. It's, it's exactly. It's from the Ohio River. Um, this is at the the underscore real underscore Kurt. He said, is JJ still butthurt about getting early MFL 10 picks? <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. I've been getting a little bit luckier. I, I don't know if you saw this, Denny, yeah. but I kept I kept getting like like first to fourth overall picks and it was really annoying because you just get if you're I'm doing high volume so I just kept getting the same players over and over again yeah you know you know what that's called it's called a first world problem that is definitely a first world problem this is from at Thomas Eddie 92 he said shout out from a fantasy football enthusiast from Belgium nice Belgium love it love it he asked us what our favorite TV series is oh uh it's the wire, and if you think differently, then uh, you should be imprisoned. So, so I'm gonna get so much hate on Twitter right now, but I haven't watched the wire yet. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. It's not. I I will say I love it. I will defend it to the death. And I hate when I hate when people go on Twitter and are like, I don't get it. It's not. It's a it's a cop show. So what? That I mean, I I've heard it's amazing. It is. It is incredible. But I get if you if you don't like like realism, then you're you are gonna you. <laughs> no, I mean really, like if you prefer a more uh, fictitious Game of Thrones or something type, type show, or even even like a like a Dexter, like right. uh, like you know a, a, a lot. Even when Dexter was good, it was outrageous, right? Yeah. I mean, right, right. the scenarios were totally unbelievable, even when the show was good. So right, if right. you, I think if you love Dexter, then you will not like The Wire. I think my favorite show ever is Breaking Bad. I, I, I know you don't. You hate it. I I wanted to like it so much because I basically heard that it was the best show ever made. I mean, you know, by a lot by a lot of people I respect, and I watched it. And I guess my expectations were just so high, right? So did it, you finish everything though? I watched the whole series every wow. minute. I'm not saying that I didn't like it. It's just it just didn't stand out to me as something that I'll remember forever. Like I remember the end, I remember the beginning, the middle for me was just like, oh god, are they going to keep going with this this plot line? And, uh, there were there were some again talking about realism, totally and completely outrageous and just ludicrous storylines. I thought some, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. By the way, I want to give a shout out to the show Bloodline that's on Netflix. I've, I watched season one, and that show is phenomenal. Oh, Just check it out. I I I, I heard of that uh, Black Mirror. If if I'm going to recommend one uh, on Netflix, Black Mirror. I mean, if you like uh, super dark um, stuff, then yeah. Black nice, Mirror. nice. So that's that's uh, TV time with JJ and Denny. We'll talk to you guys later. You're welcome. Um, so this next one is from Rock and String. He said, "Have you considered this is to you, Denny? Have you considered naming your children DVD, MP3, or even eight track?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think okay first of all i don't go by cd in real life um um and uh you know uh i go by denny so everybody knows that um but i we did consider mp3 we actually that's that's xavier's middle name so it's xavier, yeah xavier, xavier mp3, MP3 because you know uh um i'm so i'm so good with technology right and, oh yeah definitely <laughs> so yeah uh, the next one's from at Leo Kaliski. He said, who are some of your favorite post-hype sleepers this year? So now it's a fantasy football question. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think Rube, I think Ruben Randall's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, throw him out. I, him I out really, there. I really like, um, I think Tannehill could be considered one potentially. 
even though it's a quarterback, so it doesn't really count. I know. That's the thing. Uh, I was going to say maybe Kaepernick, but Kaepernick's so bad when it when game scripts are against him that yeah. he does doesn't strike me as... Here's another another one that I like. is it, Not because I think that he's that good, but because I think the Cowboys are going to throw more is Terrence Williams. Sure. I think that's an interesting... I have a, I have a decent amount of shares of him in MFL 10s uh, just because they're, they're naturally just going to pass a little bit more this year. Yeah. Um... Let's let's move on to the next one. It's from at Jake Zav. He said Randall Cobb or Corn on the Cobb. I don't draft small receivers, so Corn on the Cobb. I'm 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 for Randall. Yeah. This is at Fugularity. Uh, are you related to Nick Carter, Denny? Uh, no, but that joke uh, was really popular with me in 1998ish. So <laughs> that... When you when you were when you were wearing baggy shorts. Uh, definitely baggy shorts and definitely parted hair definitely didn't have blonde streaks in my hair so don't oh. i don't know <laughs> i don't know who oh, man. didn't love limp biscuit like they were oh. oh my god i rocked out to limp biscuit so hard i, I <laughs> wow. no seriously and i thought it was like hardcore i was like limp biscuit dude yeah have you yeah. have you ever heard of them or because me no, 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 no. Like I would, I would pretend. Oh, you're saying? I thought you were. I thought you were doing like an age discrimination. No, no, thing no, 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 no. I'm, I'm like back then. I would, I would pretend that they were like a hardcore, like right. little known band when you know they were hosting um, that stupid show on uh, MTV every afternoon. T- TRL. Yeah. Total Total Request Live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is at K of the World. He said, "Would you reiterate what your standard twelve team Yahoo type league draft strategies are?" I'll just say it quickly. Draft your quarterback tight ends late. Go running back wide receiver early. Season long, you can definitely get away with going, you know, wide receiver in the first round more than you can, like, in a, in a best ball league. Is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. Next one, at D.A. Myers. He said, late round running backs and wide receivers to target. We kind of mentioned two with Randall and uh, Terrence Williams. I, I you know... I, I really like Eric Decker's value this year. Yeah. He's dropping for for kind of no reason. I think he's still going to see 115, 120 targets. Uh, Rich Rich Rebar pointed out that uh, that he's going 19 spots lower. I mean, 19 wide receiver spots lower than Brandon Marshall. Right, which is stupid. I mean, <laughs> Decker's Decker's one of my most owned owned guys in, in MFL 10 so far. Um, I, I still like, you know, these are more mid, mid-round mid guys. I still like Roddy White. I still think that he's going to be fine. I, you know, I, I think that his, his week-to-week game might be a little less consistent than it, than it has been in the past, but I still think that he's a decent value. But if you're looking late, I really still like Nick Toon as a flyer uh, for, for New Orleans. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't really have much to throw in there, but I do. I mean, anyone who you can scoop up who might have – a, a, a big role in a really good offense, I think, is worth right. it. And that, but that, but that doesn't include that does not include a guy like Devonte Adams because right. you have to pay a seventh round price, right? Right for him. So that's right. not that's not what we're talking about anyway. Yeah, and and running backs. I mean, I, I think that you could still take flyers on Lance Dunbar right now. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of other running backs that. I mean, maybe it's just it's just tough to find running backs late in general. Well, and and that was your point of your bust rate articles. Exactly right. You just don't do it. You have to get them early. Um, this next one we have two more at Hat Inspector for quarterback. You rather have the top half of Brady's body and the bottom half of a fish, or vice versa? 
<laughs> I would rather have the top half of of Brady's body. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking the bottom half of a fish. I'm thinking a fish is not going to be great throwing. That's what well, I'm thinking but, too. But I, I am thinking that that's a really funny picture in my head. Yes, this is quite good. Someone should Photoshop that too. Do it. Um, the next one, the last one is from at one to fool Gemini. He said, "White wheat, pumpernickel, or rye bread." You better not get this wrong. Is it? Is this a racial question? Um, God, uh, I don't like any of those. Um, what do you? What do you eat sandwiches on? Uh, wheat. No, that was on there. Wheat was on there. Oh, <laughs> then wheat. So, so you passed the test. Oh, good. If, if I, I really thought that you were about to say that you don't eat bread on your sandwiches. No, no, I, I do. But, but pumpernickel, um, I mean, come on. No no one is serious with that, right? Also, rye, like rye, rye is really not that good. Well, I mean, you have to drink water with it, like, throughout. I mean, you have to, like, constantly, like, like soak soak the, the bread in your mouth because it gets so dry. Yeah, well, I have to, like, actually chase it. Like I need to, I need to have like either like cheese or candy next to me to eat rye bread. It's so gross. <laughs> anyway, all right, that does it. That's our that's our Andrew Luck podcast. Denny, where can everyone find you at? At CD Carter thirteen on Twitter, and I'm writing a lot of stuff for thefakefootball.com right now. Awesome, and I'm JJ Zacharyson. and you can find me over on the Twitter machine at Late Round QB. I want to see some Photoshop work, but but don't send it to at, at Late Round QB. Send it to at Live the Stream FF on Twitter and follow the account. Follow the freaking account. All right, guys, we will not talk to you until July. I hope you have a great rest of June and a great Fourth of July, and we'll catch you in a few weeks. Happy wedding. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast.